Title, The Cost of Potholes, and Who Pays. Part 1. Description, like many, being a self-determinant manager of time. Not the pothole, aka, pots, but the one who came across it. I like others have daily tasks and distractions, some foreseen, some imposed, and some spontaneous. But what they all demand, is resource of time or money, being one of the same in this era. And it is the United Nations, who define that one's liberty is compromised, on not being able to use one's time, how one chooses. Otherwise one is being deprived of liberty. Thus one that deprives another, of their liberty, are in breach of the Human Rights Act of 1998. Like many, I've a high demand on my resource, thus I can't allow another's neglect to burden me, with a loss of such, as to do so, would mean they are excluded from that required, in the acts mentioned. Thus in this case, it is for the council to prove they are excluded from such acts, as I have read both acts, and town councils, are not on the exclusion list of either of the acts. And much to the annoyance of, solicitors, barristers and judges, nor are they excluded from such compliance. So one must not, deprive another of their time, or money, as doing so breaches the Human Rights Act of 1998, and the Fraud Act of 2006, such being a criminal offence. On considering I'd six months of advanced work bookings, prior to striking the council's pothole, aka, pot, I've clearly no time for pot gazing. So can pot owners adhere to these acts? Yes, by providing roads without potholes, or compensating those, when they fail to do so. West Northants Council, aka, WNC, have no process, to mitigate the risk of potholes, or the effect on the public, whom has collided with one. Who the council evidently, go on to leave the public to self-manage, the neglect of the council's mitigation. I do own a nice car, it's not new, and it wasn't built for rough terrain, thus I stick to the tarmac. It's a quality sporty BMW Tourer, with stiff suspension, to aid its road composure. I keep it nice, via consideration, such as avoiding wet weather driving, if that's likely to result in the car being garaged when it is wet. An example being, a food shop on a dry day, is preferred. The evening of Monday the 11th of December, was an exception. I received a call from my twin brother, who lives in Milton Keynes, he was distraught, having arrived home, from an investigation at a tenant's property, as after he'd fitted a new oven, the tenant reported, on its second use, it blew up. Then on Martin arriving home, he found his beautiful Abby, a seven-year-old boxer, motionless under a bush in his garden. The situation was aggravated, by other factors. The boxer Abby, had replaced Holly, Martin's first boxer, that also had a premature death, due to defective D&A. And Holly, had been brought on a desire of Martin's wife Christine, who was terminally ill with cancer. Christine and Martin had a torrid decade, with the NHS doing all that could be expected, nothing was too much trouble, of course there was some disappointment with some individuals, that being more down to the process, than deliberate neglect. You'll grasp the severity, as Martin had said, his wife's body, is so grossly infected with cancer, she must be cremated. And on Christine's demise, Martin's GP insisted, for Martin to overcome the trauma, of caring for Christine and working the long twilight shift at FedEx, Martin should have several weeks off, being fully supported by FedEx. And as if, that was not enough to cope with. His stepdaughter Liana, was also diagnosed with cancer at 31, having a baby six months after Christine had died, and Liana who helped with Christine's care, then died of cancer at 34 years of age, within months of her first baby's birth, and marriage to the baby's father, which of course, Christine never shared. Some mortals, have to deal with such horrific reality, 
and Holly, Abby and their pug, Ruben, helped to soften, Martin and Christine's, harsh decade of reality. With the situation now being that only Martin and Ruben survive. The association is made, to illustrate, modern life comes with many challenges, without the state's neglect of their statutory obligations, resulting in poorly maintained roads, resulting in thousands, of car killer potholes, being a reality in every county. Being just one, of the state's digressions, shake the tree, provides many others, by what we believe to be the cream of our planet's justice keepers, but after taking in the episode, Judgment Day, you'll have a totally different view of UK judges. So you will understand, along with Martin's boxer Abby, being one of the most beautiful, sensitive, and gentle of animals, Abby was much more than just a pet, as all dog lovers will know. So after, what was a shock and upset to me, I decided I'd go and spend time with my brother that Monday night, to show him, at such times, he is not alone, others care for him, and will share his pain. Coincidentally, I had four bags of logs to drop off to Paul, a friend who lived in Tosester en route. As it was late in the day, when Martin found Abby, he kept her home for self-comfort, also to assist Reuben his pug, to come to terms with Abby's demise. Such a sad evening, and to assist in keeping a perspective I took my friend Helen, on the promise Martin would have his heating on. I thought Helen, would also like to see Paul's secluded, amazing home, with his lounge having a greater footage, than most, two or three bedroom properties, and having wall to wall, and floor to ceiling, glazing. It was 1.25am as I was driving back to my home, and the decision was made to go via Pineham Industrial Estate, to avoid the six field areas multiple traffic lights, being they would likely be on red. Such a frustration waiting on a red, at an empty junction. Evidently there's no A, I, in Northampton. The roads within the massive Pineham Industrial Estate are well lit. Such may be private, but as a minimum it is defined as a clearway, thus the surfaces are reasonable, as they'd be rules on how a private firm, maintains the public highway, with all that health and safety stuff. Evidently such does not apply to public highways, which the public, pay heavily to be maintained, and which are evidently not. The road, Upton Valley Way East, on the easterly entrance to Pineham, to the EBC roundabout, is not lit on the bridge section, and it was a wet night, making contour and surface condition difficult to gauge. Not that one should need to, nor is it safe to be driving with one's eyes fixated on the road surface, which at 40 miles per hour, is passing at 60 feet per second. The pothole I struck, was on the drive line, and was at least 4 inches, 100 millimeters deep, C-pick, being circa 300 long, by 450 millimeters wide. Being avoidable, if spotted in time, at 60 feet a second, if you're Lewis Hamilton. But such rapid avoidance, would come with high risk. A location photo shows, there is an area of a minimum of 2 square meters of tarmac, that has decayed with much stone debris, in the travel direction. During obtaining the depth, and other observations, circa 50% of the passing vehicles, struck the pothole with force, and that was in broad daylight. My, sporty BMW Tourer front tires, are 225, by 40, ZRS, running on 19-inch alloys. The first I knew of the pothole, was a massive thud, and the dashboard advising of a rapid deflation, being the offside front. The rear wheel, being wider, bearing less weight, and having different geometrics, appears to have survived the collision. The front, had a blown outside wall, being non-repairable. I have a qualification in vehicle engineering, thus have an understanding of other concerns, one being, is there any suspension damage, another being has the wheel rim been damaged, of course like many modern cars, I carry no spare, and no jack, so with a hole in the sidewall, there was little likelihood of an onward journey tire repair kit, 
mitigating that fact. Post-collision with the pothole's forward wall, I allowed the car's speed to ease, as approaching the roundabout, at the easterly entrance to Dragonfly Way, where there is an extra wide path, which I parked up on, to assess the situation. Part of that process was to call the, R, A, C, who advised, unless I was an, SWF in Soho, it would be a 4 to 5 hour wait. Of course there would likely be little, the IAC could do, as my car is four-wheel drive, thus can't be towed. Helen asked the obvious, can't it be driven home? Well on run flats possibly, on standard tires, I considered three miles, is a big ask. I wasn't prepared to risk ruining a wheel, albeit, the wheel's condition, post-impact was unknown. Ironically I took the, OMEs, RSCS, run flats, off my 335D, as due to the reinforced side walls, hitting a pothole was a brutal experience, and it's accepted, they are more likely to destroy the expensive alloy rims, than the softer walled, standard tires. The next concern was where to leave the vehicle, it was decided to drive on a further 150 meters. And park in a wide bay, in a local co-op car park. The wider space, would allow unfettered access, to assist in the front wheel's removal. So after popping two, broken down, notes, onto the dashboard, it was a three-mile walk to home in the drizzle. Fortunately due to the log delivery, Helen and I, had the right clothing on, in fact, to our surprise, we got quite warm, on the final furlong. On the walk home, we discussed options, on how to repair a car, that was three miles away, whilst needing access to tools, a particular tire, and a method of bringing all three together. Added to the mix, I'd an appointment, with open reach, between 8am and 1pm that day, being Tuesday 12th. A major concern was, to recover the vehicle from what I'd consider, a vulnerable location. My friend Helen, was as she would say, available, so the plan, was for Helen to stay at mine, I would rise early to see if I could procure the required, 225 by 40, ZR, speed rated, 19 inch, Michelin Pilot Sport 4, XL. I located a tire at a fair price, via the previously used Mr. Tire, on Gladstone Road, circa 4 miles away. Of course they required the will to be, checked and presented to them. Mr. Tire advised, the tire should be in, between 2 and 4 p.m., and they advised of the cost. Other providers quoted 20% more and one provider, who could supply and fit remotely, quoted a full 70% more. A concern at this point, was would, a new wheel rim be required, thus an initial wheel inspection, was needed, a, sap. Having a shorter tire was available, hopefully for the Tuesday. I located the required specific array of tools, from the TPS store. And with Helen advised, I arranged for the trip to Pineham's co-op, to remove the defective wheel, to be returned to Kislingbury. A challenge was expected, as with a flat tire, it's always difficult, to get a jack under the lowered sill. Also required was a specific BMW, jacking point insert, or the jacking point, would be damaged, and also required was two lots of static supports, to allow the safe removal of the tire and wheel, and support for the vehicle, on the trolley jack being removed, whilst Mr. Tire, being four miles away, fits a new Michelin. On reversing the vehicle onto three, 12mm slates, of overlapped plywood, the compact trolley jack, fitted under the low vehicle's side sill. An onlooker, also broken down, with a failed water pump, offered his low-level, manual handle jack, it was decided, to manage without. During this operation, an open-reach superhero, advised he was due at my home in Kislingbury, in circa 20 minutes. When I called Helen, who was holding the fort back at my home office, to advise I'd got the wheel off, and just had to pop into the co-op to advise, why my vehicle was in their car park, 
and to see if I could acquire a large bin liner. As with the wheel removed, a bin liner would help protect the sensitive and vulnerable components from the curious and mischievous whilst I was away from the vehicle, whilst the rim was being checked, and a new tire was fitted. Helen responded, advising the open reach superhero was on site, with his magic megabytes meter. On returning home, the open reach superhero got my full attention, and my smile, with seeing, and being assured, I should now frequently see, 75 megabytes per second, via my Wi-Fi, on the kitchen TV. The time was now some 3 p.m., on Tuesday the 12th of December, with no call, from Mr. Tyre, they may have been waiting for their wholesaler to deliver. On considering peak traffic, and Helen's later day commitments, regaining my car on Tuesday, appeared unlikely. So on the exit, of the open reach superhero, it was decided to aim, to clean and check the wheel, and settle for Helen dropping the wheel off, to Mr. Tyre, for a tyre exchange and collection, the following day, being Wednesday. Yep. Helen said the same. Kevin what are you doing, cleaning a road wheel, I've not seen that done before. I'm a believer, if it is seen you care about your stuff, hopefully others will do the same. That said, it makes no sense to me, to balance a dirty wheel, and the wheel is at its easiest to clean, when off the vehicle, and on cleaning hopefully its condition, pre-Mr. Tyre's handling, will be noted. Of course Helen thought, Kevin is bonkers, she won't be the first, nor the last. The cleaned wheel was loaded into Helen's polo, and off she scooted to Mr. Tyre, what an absolute superstar. The following a.m., the 13th of December, 2023, after I checked with Mr. Tyre, that his deed had been done, I called Helen, and asked to be collected. Off we scooted, three miles across town, to regain my wheel, from Mr. Tyre, in exchange for payment by TPS, overall Mr. Tyre gets 8 out of 10. Albeit, I will be asking why they fixed balancing weights in full view, opposed to the option, of fixing them out of view. With my BMW, still being in the Pinehams Co-op's car park, and having left all the tools, to include the trolley jack in the car, all that needed to be done, was for Helen, to whisk me the four miles, from Mr. Tyre, to Pineham. Like Helen, you'll be thinking, project close to complete, well not really. It took one hour, to replace the wheel, and place all tools back in the car, it likely took ten minutes, just to remove the trolley jack sill adapter. During the whole process, it was noted, the suspension strut gator was split, looking at such, if fixed and sealed to the strut, the gator's expansion, followed by rapid compression, would be likely ample force to split a gator. Such needs further investigation. Then a final trip, to the co-op, to thank them for having me. A great minimark. The female shop operative, said lots of Pineham residents, reported the same issue. In fact, she knew of the very pothole, that had brought my 155 miles per hour, 650 pounds of torque, 3 litre, twin turbo, four-wheel drive, 67,000 pound BMW, to spend two days, lofting in the co-op's car park. Her partner, had hit another hole, and found himself replacing two BMW front wheels and tires, after taking on, other West Northamptonshire potholes. With my car off its jack, and looking ready to roll, I drove back to the pothole's location, quickly realizing, stopping roadside, in the vicinity of the pothole, would be dangerous for all. So I drove back, to the easterly Dragonflyway roundabout, and parked up on a slip road, that looks very likely, it could give way to the further development, of thousands of new houses, which the media appear, to never notice, are under constant construction. That said the WNC plan, in the decade following 2021, is for an additional 18,000 homes. Or to gain another perspective, of why Northampton roads get too much use.
The 2008 WNC, or their equivalent said, from its 88,000 residential properties in 2008, will be added a further 32,500 by 2026. That's a 36% increase. The association is, will road maintenance budgets increase pro rata? So with my car parked up on the slip road, leading directly to a flood plain. With my man bag, I walked back to the canal bridge, the location of the pothole, being Upton Valley Way East. It became evident, the council expecting photos, to be taken of an offending pothole's dimensions, on a main road that provides hundreds of HGVs each day, with access to Pineham Industrial Estate, comes at a high risk of death, to the photographer. Ironically the same council, would not allow a lone council worker, donning a high-vis jacket, to do what the council demand of the public. I only gave the finger, to one driver, of a large black SUV. This is a task for the highly alert, and the agile. Regardless I got the required pictures, and at the same time noted, the road surface on the arrival side of the pothole, was stressed, and there was considerable debris, on the pothole's exit side. After the photo shoot, it was a trip to Saintsbury for Derve. So project complete then. Well not quite. Now with the vehicle home, the front needs to be jacked up 150mm, for the suspension struts to extend, and on such the struts gaiters can be inspected and compared, with action taken as required. The same to occur, with the rear offside wheel, as on collision it was traveling linear to the front. Beyond and regardless, the removed wheel, needed to be correctly studied, and torqued to 115 newton meters, circa, 88 pound feet, this not being done correctly, can result in a distorted brake disc, costing 400 pounds a corner to change. Lastly replacing the wheel center cap, from its secure place. This process was done, with the vehicle in a safe, flat location, at my home, using the center car support lifter, that can only be accessed, on the car being driven onto 3-inch high, base elevators, which allows for a low-profile jack, to ingress under the front spoiler and the engine protection panel. On doing such, the extent of decay of the front struts pistons gaiters, was observed. I consider their poor condition, is either down to poor specification by BMW, or the extension, and the rapid compression, of a suspension struts collision with a pothole. This requires further investigation. The final vehicle-related tasks to be undertaken was the front tire pressure synchronization at 2.6 bar prior to a road test to check the car has no undue vibration due to poor wheel balancing or a distorted rim when the vehicle's tire pressure monitor tech was reset. I do respect the solitary pothole does not have an easy life with steel reinforced Michelins impacting at 40 plus miles per hour hundreds of times a day. Then there's those, tedious photo sessions. However, potholes have a longer life, than the motorist would like. In addition to promoting pothole awareness. I've now to complete a 10-page council claim form, with information to include, one's insurance detail, and one's an I, number. I'd say that's a process, that not all will have the time to complete. As they'll have prioritized, getting their vehicle back on the road, and playing catch up with that left, when rectification of their damaged vehicle was their main focus. So who is accountable for the associated loss to this BMW owner? Let's firstly say, the monetary loss would be circa £1,000, if the BMW owner was not fit and able, or they was without resource, knowledge, and the assistance of a third party. That said the loss is far greater than it appears, unless it is accepted that the council, who have clearly failed to maintain the road surface, deems that another should suffer a loss, as a result of the council's neglect of process, to ensure they are complying with their legal obligation, to maintain a road surface to a safe and reasonable standard. 
The evidence gained from the co-op shop assistant shows pothole presence on this road section is frequent, likely related to the heavy use over the road bridge. That said, the photo taken shows this pothole, and the immediate decayed area has existed for a while, and it was likely evident when the council repaired an adjacent pothole in the close vicinity. I've no intention of proving the council's neglect, as that's related to a service level agreement, which I am not party to. My focus is the council's deficiency has imposed a loss on me. It's very simply, that must become the council's loss. Otherwise, why would the council bother to check and rectify potholes at all? Maybe, West Northamptonshire's council will engage a barrister to promote to a judge that their service level agreement requires that the first person to encounter and report a pothole will suffer a loss, regardless of the council, and their barrister knowing that four-inch car-killing potholes don't simply appear from outer space. Such is actually in breach of the Fraud Act of 2006, which excludes any entity from imposing a loss on another. And any denying, which they know well, to be otherwise, is committing a criminal offence, be their council officer, solicitor, barrister or a judge. Or maybe the council's service level agreement will be promoted as overriding the Human Rights Act of 1998 and the Fraud Act of 2006. And just maybe, I'll get the same barrister to show, the Human Rights Act of 1998 only benefits those arriving on a small boat from a far-off land who as a matter of right also immediately gain the services of a government-funded solicitor and barrister, although whilst having paid no UK tax, they will additionally gain taxpayer-funded accommodation, a weekly allowance, and free public transport. I bet, GB News, would be all over this. So, how can one translate the BMW owner's loss into a monetary sum? UK law doesn't discriminate against those with or without resource. Nor does the law define the blatant neglect by a council to maintain a reasonable road surface should be countered by those with the skills and or resource that others may not have. It is accepted that there is ample evidence that WNC only repair potholes when it's accepted by the council that the defect will cause substantial damage to a vehicle, thus substantial cost to its owner. The same may also lead to the fatality of a road user. Coincidentally, such poor road surfaces are a death trap to those on a cycle, on a scooter, or on a motorcycle, whose riders would likely lose immediate control on the deflation of a tyre. West Northamptonshire Council are seen to choose to impose the consequences of poor road surfaces on its residents, thus unless the council can show, the law allows them to dictate how its residents spend their time and their money, being contrary to the Human Rights Act of 1998 and contrary to the Fraud Act of 2006, the council would pay the sum required to clear that bill by TPS Limited to the owner of the BMW. Or the council can provide quantified detail on how that done by TSP Limited could have been done at a lesser cost and being as effective. Given that on doing so, the BMW owner would gain a burden to counter the associated blatant neglect by a West Northamptonshire council who appear to effectively rely on damage sustained to the road users' cars to control the effectiveness of their surface repair plan. The council appear wholly reliant on the resource of vehicle owners to sustain vehicle damage as a heads-up to the council that they are woefully inadequate of that which they are legally obligated to do. If that is not the case, the council will provide a schedule of anticipated works required, along with details of current road surfaces, grouped in a condition report survey. The Council are further advised, names and titles of all involved will be published, on them not reimbursing the BMW owner on demand. As their objective is not, bearing a loss, via the Council's neglect. For the Council's assurance of my commitment to fairness, the House Passable Solicitor 
Hope Wilson, the London barrister, Evie Bardun, and seven Northampton County Court judges, have been published via Spotify, by, Shake the Tree, in episode, Judgment Day. As per this link. Psi equals mob1 HDFETBSM road 6LJ MUBQ, link end. The named believed, their status gave them right to defraud the public, however they deemed fit. Hope Wilson, Evie Bardun, and multiple county court judges, simply failed to foresee, whilst they may en masse, be able to manipulate the court side process, to their benefit. In the real world, a process engineer, who formed the most effective litho print production plant on earth, is very likely to have the skills, to persuade the average bod, that the named committed blatant perjury and fraud, by relying on property repair sums, composed by the infamously deceptive, fraudulent quantity surveyor, Diane Anstey of Bricksworth, Northampton. As Diane Anstey's sums, could be seen to exclude several cost elements, to include materials, working at height equipment, and the mandatory compliance of the same, as all the named well knew to their frustration. As it's Christmas, I'll share with you, to whose benefit they committed perjury and fraud. Well the idiot, and liar, a John Bateman, aka, JB, of Franklin Silences Limited, of Northampton. Fell for Hope Wilson's, female, of House Percival LLP's, offer to dump on JB's landlord, via composing JB's fraudulent witness statement. Agreed, they are somewhat tedious. In doing so, JB, a Franklin's director, simultaneously rejected the chance to settle, a lease term and dilapidations bill, of £12,000. Result, due to JB's arrogance and stupidity, Franklin's Limited, collected a legal fee, of over £85,000. Now all connected with that claim, are detailed in numerous of, Shake the Trees podcasts, and onward they have no idea, what beholds them, on an industry influencer, picking up such detail. So do, West Northants Council officers, promote they are above the law, they impose on others. Or like team, Franklin Silences Limited, do they feel others' time and money, is there for the taking. The cost, of a pothole, and who pays. End of podcast.